Yeah, I mean, they have, they have to. I mean, assuming everything, the trajectory of history stayed the same and FOIA requests were mandatory. Like, just now they recently said, all right, there's aircraft from other worlds. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Cool, you bury that shit behind COVID. That's a big <laughs> thing. And all these... This air- guy doesn't fuck around. His name is Balls. That's right, Balls. But his parents call him Baldeep Chawla, and he lives and breathes lead generation. And no, I'm not talking about getting $2 Cairo leads that piss clients off. I'm talking about qualified leads that get his clients closing deals and saying things like, I love balls. Let's find out what secrets he shares with JR. Welcome to the Instant Leverage Podcast. All right, we're live. Oh, shit. (laughs) This, uh... This podcast has officially become just a way for me to talk to my friends on Zoom. Is that what it is? For like two hours without without feeling guilty that uh, I'm not doing the work I should be doing. Oh, fair enough. Like everyone gets bogged down in the day-to-day stuff. You never take time out to chat with old friends. Yeah, not you though. You're, you're good at that though. Like you just randomly hit me up. I'm like, yeah, I try. Like I don't speak to a lot of people. But we've known each other long enough. Um, but even even that even that that being said, I'll only really speak to you probably like at FHL. Like we'll spend a lot of time together. Um, but other than that, not much. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I tell you I moved to Denver? No, you did not. <laughs> I can I can imagine why you would like to move to Denver. I moved to Denver like three weeks ago. You were telling actually when I spoke to you when you were with your girlfriend uh, getting food or something. You said you were thinking about moving. I think. Yeah, but we were going to move to Florida. I mean, we lived in Florida, but we were going to move to South Florida, like Um, by Nick and Sema. Right, right. But I don't know. We went down there, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'd like to be here eventually. And then we came to Denver just to visit. And then while we were here, we're like, yo, let's move here. And then literally, like, we came here for, like, on a trip. And then we ended up just, like, looking at apartments and stuff while we were here. Nice. And then uh, I found a nice little place in lower downtown. So cool. Yeah. I'm moving to Houston. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah. I put an offer on a house, uh, ended up having a bunch of problems with it. Um, so I'm just going to wait till after the tax season marketing launch and I'll probably move sometime January, February, find something between then. Yo, the, the housing market here in Denver is crazy. Like I'll drive by a random house and I'm like, Oh, it looks like an okay house. And I'll look it up and it's like a million dollars and it's just like a normal ass. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy inflated. Dude, the stuff I'm looking at, like there's a house that I put an offer on for like 510,000, five bedrooms, separate office, a pool, outdoor kitchen, media room. (laughs) Should I go on? Five hundred. I, I they accepted five ten, but then I had so many other problems I didn't bother. But Damn. um, but yeah. So like, dude, for like half a million to five fifty, maybe if I want to go up to six, I'm gonna get like five thousand square feet with all those bells and whistles. Have my home office bigger than this room that you've been in. <laughs> Yo, you can't even get like a like. A, I was looking on on Reddit where people were talking about like the Denver Reddit where people were talking about like Denver housing and shit. And everyone was saying like you can't even get something decent for less than five hundred thousand here. Yeah, well, Houston, you can get a lot of good stuff for less than that. I, it's just you know I got an extra kid now that's going to be scared of you. <laughs> um, 
so we got we got more i need more room than just like a three bedroom that i'm in now (laughs) what have you been working on um so we just fit we we didn't finish we we launched a program uh targeting a, a different financial services market in march during covid um literally when covid happened we were launching the program and it uh, worked well, really well. We've scaled it up, uh, I think about 30-something clients on, a, on that program. What's um, the program? I mean, if this is going to be public, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to share. But it's, it's, a, it's a lead gen, right? Lead gen systems, the same stuff that we do with the tax offices. Um, lead gen for financial services? Yeah, specific like uh, financial, financial advisors? Yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah, we, get, we get so many financial advisors and uh insurance agents and shit yeah. in our funnel that like want VAs and shit. It's, really? it's so annoying because like my ad says like 20 times marketing agency, digital marketing agency, lead gen agency. And then they um it got so bad that I, I got a list of it. I bought a list of insurance agents and then I yeah and then I did a look like and excluded it from my ads. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yo you guys don't read this shit. They don't um, they don't. And one of the challenges that we face in that space is, um, the, the client, you know, they, they want a specific type of client, um, but they don't want to do the work involved in doing the follow-up. Yo, that's like, everybody in the world. That's every, yeah, everybody. But, um, everybody in the world is like, I want more deals, but I don't ever want to have to call them, talk to them. I definitely don't want to have to call them twice and I don't want to text them either. Yeah. They don't want to do anything. And that's, that's, that's one of the things like we're talking internally, you know, that program's going well. Once the tax, why don't you get them like an ISA and then just like charge them more? We we train them on how to hire what we call a BDR business development rep. Cause you know, my background in the call center space and uh, in, in finding those, those people and doing that. So we train them on how to hire them and train their people on the systems but uh, a lot of people just lack the implementation skills. Like they just don't do it. And literally. So that's the problem with everything. Like the way that we started providing VAs is because we would tell everybody to get a VA and nobody would ever listen. So I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to charge more and just get the VA for you. Yeah. So I think like that's what you should do. Just charge more and just do the follow up for them. Yeah. Well, I've been in that. A while, a while ago, and uh, I don't really want to get into headaches of managing that, which I think we're actually. Yeah, eventually- if you get the ISA, they do. They they charge you like per lead, like it's like seven dollars per lead, and they'll follow up for like twelve months, and you just pay that, and then you just turn around and charge your clients more. Yeah, no, that's something we definitely looked at uh, as post post tax launches. That's post tax season uh, program. If it's something we'll do as an add on, but also what we're looking at is the 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 skill set that we have internally as an agency on developing the marketing the sales systems the follow-up processes that we do internally and we do it really well um we're, we're actually considering going into a different market where we're the direct owner of the product that we're selling that doesn't require where our fulfill where our um financial uh benefit is not contingent on the client doing work Mm-hmm. Right. So we're looking and there's actually a couple of things that popped up where we can literally do exactly what we do. Right. Build out, um, build out the marketing program, uh, set up the sales process, set up the sales funnels, create the follow up appointment stuff, all those people and all those things we put in place, everything from A to Z, sell the client and have it done and not have to worry about them doing their part. 
Um, so that's actually we're heavily considering just doing what we do best and, and taking out the, the points of failure. Yeah, it's smart. How did you come up with that idea? Like, well, I mean, you've been in the space. Like it's, I mean, the clients are great to an extent, right? You get really good ones. Like I just got off a testimonial call with one kicked ass on our system consistently. Um, and then there's others that don't. And it's just like that. You get a bunch of clients, you lose, you know, the churn, you, you churn some, you gain some more. And at a certain point you're like looking at the ones that really are successful and you're charging them what, three, five grand a month, whatever it is. And they're making insane amounts of money. Well, it's like, well, if I just go direct to the consumer or the business, depending on what you're selling with the whole fulfillment aspect in place, I don't need that client. I don't need to hope somebody will do their part when I know I could just hire a team and put them in place. So yeah. that's definitely something we're actually going to be doing that in the, oh, this is public. We're going to be doing that in the lending space. Oh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so basically right, they get funded, cool, deal done. But guess what? All those things that none of our clients like to do from the follow-up, putting people in place and just literally repetitive tasks. Well, it's, really, it's not rocket science, but repetitive tasks it won't even be a problem because we'll just be hiring people to do it. Yeah. That's what I like. That's my like everlasting struggle is just like trying to get shit people to do the shit that you know they should do. Yeah. That's why like, uh, like for me, it's helped a lot that we like get the VA for people and like we help them, but like we just make it so easy to the point where like, all right, you're getting appointments. So like you, you have to find something to do with them. Like you're the appointments are on your calendar. Like you have, like the pressure's on to like learn how to sell and get better and stuff like that. And, um, that's helped a lot, but we still have like, just like basic of basic stuff that like I'll tell people to do and they won't do it. And, or they'll just like be like, Oh, I did it. And then I'll look at it and it's like completely way off. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like booking appointments, for example, as an agency owner is not that complicated. Like, I'm like, you know, like you, I remember when we first, when you first started doing the agency thing, you were booking a crap ton of appointments with like real, like realtors at the time. (laughs) And uh, like, it's not hard. It's just outflow. But um, for some reason, like people come to us and, and they just still have had trouble like just figuring that. And I'm like, it's kind of funny because we'll get people that are like, I, I figured out everything else. I just, I just need more appointments. Like I got my sales down, I got fulfillment down and I'm like, bro, how have you figured out step two, three, and four, but you haven't figured out step one. Yeah. It's not the problem. It's that, that's definitely not the problem. Like we, when we launched this new program, here's how we went about, about doing it. And we like to brand our programs, like, you know, like the like early season marketing, everything like we like to brand our programs. Um, and how we went about it was um, literally, we, I had an idea of what kind of funnel would work for the client, launched it, tested it out a bit. All right, cool. We got, we got that fulfillment, quote unquote, figured out, which is enough to know that you could produce the result. Um, and then really it was, uh, we spent about a week. Actually, yeah, Ross and I flew to Houston when the whole COVID thing, and we're actually there when COVID was outbreak, outbreak was happening. And we literally set up our discovery call process, our sales pitch deck, and turned on ads while we were there and started doing sales calls while we were there. Right? So it all, it all kind of happened. Then guess what? As people onboarded, we added, we had support, client support step in, and, and, and then we filled out, uh, figured out fulfillment a bit more, a bit better, 
Oh, wait, our fulfillment team's bigger now. But yeah, you can never have any of that stuff figured out until you do sales and you get clients. Most of your sales calls come from Facebook ads now? Yeah. uh, Well, yeah, we actually just added LinkedIn. Uh, So that's been producing some, uh, some, some, um, some, some appointments. We actually scaled down our ads. Our cost per lead on that program has been a bit higher the past two months. But we're about to spend $1,000 a day on, on the tax program. So, oh, yeah, all of our clients come from ads, essentially. Like, um, yeah. uh, same for us right now. Um, I think we're spending like $1,000 a day right now. And uh, we just started, though. Like, um, last few months, we spent like 20 k um, But I just got in, uh, you know, Mike Mark? Yeah, yeah, we got, we got sales reps from him. Yeah. So I just got in like their elite program where basically they give you like unlimited sales reps for a year. And like, I didn't even know that existed. Mike, yeah. Mark, if you're listening, you didn't, pitch them, you didn't pitch that to us at all. Well, it's like 36 K. So, oh, okay. um, we were just looking for, for, for like one or, uh, the, we actually had, they, they gave us, we hired three of the sales reps. They gave us actually all of them stayed. All of them. Oh, stayed. really? You got four from them and all were good. Uh, we hired three. Um, and then all of them stayed. One of them didn't sell for the first 30 days, but like literally like the like. Yo, the that happened to me too. I had, I had a sales rep go O for 30. And yeah. then the next month he had like Started the question. Yeah. <laughs> so the question, right? So it's, but it just comes down to like, and even like we didn't use Mike Mark's service of training the sales rep. We just did it internally as we built our own sales training more so not because as I don't, I don't know what's in there, not because I don't trust his program. I think he's got some good stuff going on there it's more. So it's like either way we have to train them on our stuff, right? Yeah. Like either way, like you could go have somebody else train them, but they don't know what you're selling. They don't like, we just did it ourselves. We built out our own training and it went really well. All the guys stayed. One guy just left cause he got his old job. Like he was just on furlough. So we already knew he was going to have a short window. And then, so we have two now, one is staying on that program that we launched in March and the other ones we're putting onto the tax program. Damn. So I, um, yeah, I, I did their program cause I wanted to learn. <clears throat> I didn't have experience like learning, uh, like training salespeople, which uh, is a completely different fucking animal. So, yeah. um, they basically taught me how to train my own sales team basically. And like, they would do call reviews and stuff for us. And uh, they would like meet with me once a week. It was really good. Like it was, it was solid. That's why I did their 36 K. Cause I was like, all right, I was going to, I was about to hire a sales team lead, like uh, basically somebody to like run the sales team. And then they were just kind of like, you like, they're like, until you're at like three to 500 K a month, um, you should, you shouldn't do that. And then I was like, all right, well, I'd rather just pay you guys 3k a month. And then you pretty much like run my sales team. Plus I get all the other like unlimited. I've already spent like 15k with them this year, just (laughs) getting sales reps and shit. So I was like, all right, it makes sense to be able to just be like, get unlimited sales reps from them. And that'll make me scale up faster. If we're up onboarding new reps all the time, three grand a month and you get unlimited sales reps whenever you need like more sales reps. Yeah. Not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I like it. Um, plus, uh, so you know Cody from Mike Mark's program. He run. He like runs the. If you do the the, he doesn't do. So Moose does the recruiting. I only spoke with Moose. I think may I, okay. I may have spoken to Cody once. I apologize if I don't remember. Okay. Well, he uh, he lives like three blocks. Uh, yeah, like five blocks. <laughs> Just spying on him right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could see. It's funny. I could see his house like 
his the corner of his block from my balcony. Oh, okay. So um so yeah, we've been hanging out and shit lately, and I'm I'm just like, yo, I have a lot of value to get from you guys, so I'm I'm down. Um so now, like right now, we've been uh we've been we're running with three sales reps. I'm looking to go up to like five, and I just want them to like like we have a set or two that's like generating appointments and stuff. Yeah. And we're, we're booking like probably like 15 to 20 a day. But um, right now the main bottleneck, so we've been doing all this, uh, all this research on like people that have bought from us in the last six months and shit. Like what was their profile like and how long did it take them to buy and all this shit. So we found that the average literally yesterday, we saw the average um, person that buys from us take some 11 days on average from the day that they click the ad to the day that they buy. Using and the Hyros? longest, huh? Yeah. So we're using Hyros, but we, we, to find that data, we, cause we, since we've only been using Hyros for like a month, um, I couldn't go, I couldn't go by that. So I just went to like active campaign and I saw like, we basically went to Stripe, got everybody that bought, then went to active campaign and then looked at um, when their first click was. And then when, what was the day that they bought? So we found that it's on, on average 11 days, but the longest somebody ever took to buy was 160 days. Um, second longest was like 130 days of just like us, like constant sending emails, opening emails. Yeah. And then I was going through that and I was like, yo, our follow-up is where it's at. Like we, I need to invest more in follow-up and less on front end because I was barely doing retargeting. Like I was literally like, I was like, cause you know how, when you launch Facebook ads, it shows it to like the people that already know who you are first. So I'm like, all right, like, since it's going to do that anyways, like might not even bother with retargeting. And um, we were doing email. We started doing one email a day. Um, and we started that maybe like two months ago and that started crushing for us. <clears throat> so now I'm excited to see like over the next three months, since now our follow-up super tight, our ads are super tight. I just hired um, a media buyer and he's building out like, uh, like 90 day retargeting sequence where like every four days you see like a new ad and stuff. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to see like what our, um, cause I noticed that's something I noticed too with using Hyros is um, everybody that buys, they watch like multiple of our blogs and videos and stuff like that before they yeah. buy. So I was like, okay. And the funny thing is like, I didn't even have any of this stuff until like three months ago. Like we just started doing daily emails, but I mean, granted like the past three months we've, we've, gone up past like hundred K a month and all that stuff. So, um, it's definitely helping, but I want to see like what's going to happen once we've been doing this like six months. So our goal right now is like, I want to hit two fifty over the next like, uh, 90 days, like 75 days or so. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to need more reps, more ad spend. We, I, this week I upped ad spend like crazy. I was just like, yo, let's just triple ad spend and see what happens. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's never worked for me. Well, I did it like, so I did it like, I didn't like just triple the budgets. I just like duplicated a lot. I tried yeah, a bunch okay. of new audiences. I tried a bunch of new ads. And then I'm just like, yeah, let's just see what happens. Because it, uh, since, since I know it takes 11 days on average for someone to buy, I won't even have the data from this ad spend that we're doing right now until like a week and a half later. Or so more, if you're, you know, it takes day one to day 11, you still have all those days you're running ads just to get the results from the first day. Exactly. So, um, what I'm kind of finding is like in order to scale ads, it's not just like, you know, spend more money or whatever. It's like, you really have to know like, okay, how long did it take people to buy? Because that's going to affect your ability to increase your budget and stuff like that. Yeah. So, that's interesting. I might go back cause we're about to launch the tax program. 
might go back and look. I mean, our program on the tax base has built in urgency at a certain point people have to buy, right? If they're going to do it, they have to like, uh, there's like that, that time, like, all right, I got to get my on average. When does somebody click to when they buy? So, you know, like how many days of nurture, you know, it's just like, like when we were in the tax business. So those of you listening that don't know me and balls, both had Liberty tax offices. Balls was like a boss had like 13 locations and shit. And, um, Remember how they would give us like projections, but they were never accurate until like, wrong. <laughs> until like a week before like the end of the season, then it's like accurate or whatever. Yeah. But basically like with media buying, it's like the same thing. Like, you know, like, all right, if I spend this much money now, in theory, in 10, 11 days, the projection should be that we should make back this month. Um, yeah. So that's one thing that I, I learned from Mike Mark so far. And then the, the second thing was he was like, okay, what's your... What, what's the ROI you're getting on your ads right now? And I'm like, um, six to one. So uh, spend a dollar, get back six. And he's like, is that including payment plans? And I'm like, no. And then he's like, well, what's your ROI including payment plans? And I'm like, I don't really look at payment plans because I don't count it until like the money's in the in bank. The bank. Yeah. And he's like, you're making a mistake because that's stopping your ability from scaling on ads. Because if you look at your payment plans, you're probably getting like an eight to one rather than a six to one, which is a big difference when it comes to scaling your ads. So now today I have somebody going through and like seeing like all of our plan, all of our uh, payment plans that have defaulted and like what percentage of them complete. And then that'll allow us to then spend more money. Are you charging more on your payment plans? Yeah. Yeah. We just did. uh, So with our, our early season marketing program last year, we had, it doesn't make sense not to charge more. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell you why. The the last year, like the past two years, we did three grand up front, four grand split pay, or you can pay two grand and then two grand postseason or post campaign. And um first year went fine. Well, one person didn't pay us, and then he finally paid us after an attorney letter. Um <laughs> last year, uh we had like ten people that their cards declined on it on the thing, and some of them paid, and then I had to send the rest of collections. Um so this year our pricing I went up, so we're doing four grand if you pay up front. 4,500 if, if you have to break it out between September, October, November, December, like preseason. And then 5,500 if you need to do break it out preseason and, and then the do final payment on post. So we're really incentivizing people. to. Well, it makes sense because like what I was thinking when we didn't used to do interest on payment plans, but number one, you're taking on more risk. And number two, um, by not having a payment plan that's more expensive, you're incentivizing people to take the payment plan. That's because literally what happened last yeah. year. Somebody's like, "Oh, it's only cost me a thousand dollars more. I could pay two grand now and just pay a thousand dollars more in February." Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Like I would do that. I would do if 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 someone's doing no interest payment plans, one hundred percent, I would do that because I'm like, yo, I went to Apple, I bought a new phone, and they're like, "Oh, you can split it up on your Apple card for like twelve payments or whatever, no interest." I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like it doesn't <laughs> make sense for me not to do that. So uh, I realized that we were, and once we started charging more for payment plans, we started getting less payment plans. So it, it worked like it incentivized people to pay in full when, before we were getting like all payment plans. Yeah. So there's been a lot of shit, like a lot of little shit like that over the last year that I've just learned through uh, doing this shit. Now we're doing uh, I just started a backend too, where um, like you work with me one-on-one and you can like, uh, it's for basically people who like, are really trying to scale their agency. I help them set up. Cause again, like what I notice for an agency is like getting from like, once you get to 20 or 30 K, 
getting to like a hundred is not that hard. Like getting from zero to 30 is, is harder than going from 30 to hundred because yeah. 30 to hundred, like you just need ads that work and you just need to spend more money on them. Yeah. And that's it. Like your process is figured out. Like it's scalable at that point. Um, sort of figured out. There's always stuff that, that happens. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so basically I learned that, um, there's this rule of, I, I think it's called like rule of three or something, rule of thirds that basically every time you triple your systems break. So, um, from 3k to 10k, 10k to 30k. Um, and then from 30k, your system's not really going to break again to hundred K. And then after hundred K it's going to be 300 K. So going from those, like those scales between there are not that difficult. It's just like more of the same shit. Like oh, exactly more ads, more this. I mean, yeah. So I launched a back end where you just work with me one-on-one and I just help you scale the shit out of your, your, uh, offer. And uh, it's going good so far. It's it's really easy because it's it's all stuff that like I've done very recently, like hiring a sales team, training salespeople, stuff like that, like figuring out your tracking, figuring out all these metrics. And um, it just allows, like I was like, I, I looked at our business and I'm like, yo, we only have one product. Like I need to figure out a back end. I need to figure out a front end. So I think we're going to do a book funnel too. Soon. Are you going to go that route? You're going to do that? Yo, um, so I I saw, I went on uh, Dan's uh, training thing the other day. He said that the best prospects that they get are from book funnels. And he's like, anybody who reads the book and books a call ends up buying. Really? Yeah. And I was like, damn, I need one. I need a fucking book funnel. I need a front end. Like we need, he, and then he also said that, so he's doing like half a mil a month and he's spending 500K on ads. So he's getting 10X um, on the front end. And, um, I mean, he, three are from like his, his, uh, 30 K program, three of those. So 120 or whatever, um, or 90, 90 to 120. And then, um, he's spending 50 and he's making back 50 on his book funnel. So he's self liquidating on ad spend. He said he's making like $10 for every call that gets booked. That's awesome. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yo, that's fire. And then you liquidate your ad costs and then you have your main, your mid ticket. And then your back end, like anything you saw on your back end is all profit. Yeah, that's a problem. That's kind of the problem I'm running into now is like spending like 50, 50%, uh, 40 to 50% of our margin is automatically goes out on salespeople and ads. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing like ad costs just fluctuate so much where like the same lead goes from $20 to $80. Have you seen that happen to you at all? Yeah, we just we just split test so much though um, that we'll like right now we book calls here. I'll I'll pull it up. Um, yeah, that's another thing too. Like I gotten way better at tracking my numbers and shit. Yeah, yeah, we're but, working on that. Um, we have a spreadsheet where we track our cost per acquisition, like our uh, average cost per lead, all that stuff. That all those important things. I think at some at one point we're paying like a thousand dollars to acquire a client, um, which is not bad for the price of the program. Because we're pretty much profitable on month two. Yeah, like, this month we're spending uh, on average $112 per call. Um, last month we spent $64 on average yeah. per call. See, it's like, like it's just weird. Like, <laughs> the same, it's just like all of a sudden the same thing costs twice as much. And, and the month before that it was $85. But uh, I guess, I mean, this month I can see that because we've tested a lot of new shit. So, yeah. um, that all, all, is just going to drive the call, the cost up. Um, yeah, it's like the second you have like a good month with like a good ROI on uh, return, a ROAS, right? 
Like you're like, yeah, it's crushing it. Then you just go dump a bunch more money and then you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um I listen to Alex Hermosi's shit a lot. And if you have a back end too, a lot of those problems are solved because you're like, yo, I don't like I don't care if I have to spend like five thousand dollars to make a five thousand dollar sale i mean like that's extreme but yeah no i get it but then you know like all right at least three of these people are going to convert into like the 30k or whatever yeah so you're going to do a 30k program split it out over a year um we'll see i'm still working it out um uh 30 36 24 something like that um and then so that'll be like pure profit on the back end. And then I want the book funnel to self-liquidate the ad spend. And then we'll just be like, we'll be at like 250 a month, but it'll be like 60, 65% profit. Where right now we're at, we're at like 50% profit, which is still fucking phenomenal. Um, sure. but, I mean, especially coming from like businesses that do like 20%, yeah. right? It's like, it's completely yeah. different. After being in the internet business, I'm like, yo, fuck the fuck any brick and mortar business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just run your shit from your house. Yep. Oof. Yeah, right I, got there? All, I got all the snacks out. Got all the teriyaki. Jerry <laughs> tried one of these. Uh yeah, I've seen those. Topo Chico. I've seen those in the Bronx. That's my new favorite. Yo, what uh, yo, what's a uh, Corona like out there? Uh, dude, I don't, I don't go out at all. <laughs> like, it's actually made it easier to if I have to go somewhere, there's no traffic, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know. I think that, I think a lot of these quote unquote problems will be solved once the election's over. Um, yo, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. And more, more so, like the media fear that's coming. Like, oh yeah, you gotta do. I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of um, untruths <laughs> out there in the media, and they're just trying to hype this whole thing up. And once the election's done, great, miraculous cure. You don't even hear about it anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's all bullshit, dude. In in Denver, I don't know how it is in New York, but in Denver, it's a uh, you like on the hiking trail there's like a sign that says like you must wear your mask outside. That's like the dumbest thing, right? Like like I was actually. Um, uh, where the fuck was I? I was in Queens the other night, Sunday night. I was in Queens. I went to this taco stand and there's a fucking long line of people waiting online to get tacos in another spot. I'm like, I ain't waiting on the line. So I'm going to get this tacos. Then I see fucking buses driving by jam packed with people wearing masks, like in like a bus. You've seen like the New York city buses. It's like, okay. But then I see people riding their bikes with a mask on. Like, like really, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Yo, what are you going to do if they mandate vaccines? I'm not going to do it. And that's one thing. Like New York, that's another reason to leave New York. I think New York would probably be one of the first states to quote unquote mandate it. Um, I'm going to get all my entrepreneur friends that want to bounce to, and then we're going to fucking go to Panama or something. No, you're going to go to Thailand and then say, I hate it here and bounce back early again. <laughs> I was just talking about that on the last podcast. I had uh, Jamie Atkinson on and they were talking about traveling and stuff. And um, I was talking about that time that I went to Thailand and I was like, yo, fuck this. And then I came back. <laughs> came back fast. I was like, don't know. like a month. JR shows up at my house because he flights out of, out of JFK near my house. Shows up. I'm like, yo, JR, you brought your passport? He's like, oh, shit. 
So I uh, I was supposed to go for like a month, and I came back after like a week. Yeah, really <laughs> fast. Really fast. Like, yo, I'm coming by to pick up my car. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yo, that was one of those like. I, just, I don't know. I, I can't get shit done. When I'm on vacation or not yeah. at my home office, mm. I can't do things. I can't get anything done. That's exactly how I feel. Like, trying to – I don't know. Like, I don't know. That whole, like – I don't know. Arnie does it very well. Arnie travels and shit. But I've traveled with Arnie. Like, we went to Mexico for a month. And I'm just like, yo, how do you do this? The fucking power went out one day. The internet's hella inconsistent. Like, there's just all this shit. I'm I'm like – there's no way you're going to build an actual, like, like even today I tried, I'm like, all right, I always work from home. I'm like, let me go to WeWork today. Um, Cause all, like all my friends work from WeWork, which is like right across the street. It's just like a co-working space. Yeah. And um, actually it started in New York city. And I know what um, WeWork is, man. You <laughs> have to explain WeWork to me. <laughs> I just figured since you don't leave your house, you've probably never been to one. <laughs> And, uh, I still follow when big, big companies do big things. <laughs> so I fucking go there and I'm like, usually I work on my desktop. So I'm on my laptop that I use like once a month and then you I crack it open on there <laughs> and like the VPNs trying to like connect to like, and it's not connecting cause it's through the Wi-Fi, and, and I'm just like, yo, fuck, why am I even here? And then I just walked back home. Like I was there for like 10 minutes. It's just not like working from, somewhere else seems cool in theory but you don't get shit done yeah i never get shit done like even um like just even if you're traveling for a business trip like say you go to like fhl you're never gonna get anything done like people go there with the intention to get stuff done i never get shit done anywhere else <laughs> ever i stopped even bringing my laptop to shit <laughs> yeah. yeah i used to i brought i bring it so i have it in the hotel room but that's about it that's about it. Are you going to FHL this year? Of course. I didn't buy my ticket yet. I got to submit for two comma club. I never buy my ticket until like the day before. <laughs> until I, I get the email that says like the price is about the triple if you don't buy it today. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go yet. We'll see. In, um, it's in Nashville again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Why wouldn't you go? What the fuck? Um, I may just go, go to Houston and look for houses, man. Yeah. But if they chose not until like, february or something right yeah I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know dude i'm not yeah maybe i'll go i don't know we'll see maybe we'll the whole team will go this time i think last one was just me and jameson have you gone to all of them since dallas yeah i same yep 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 that's like the one big event i go to pretty much mm-hmm. it's actually a, uh uh What's it called? It's it's been better. Like I like I like the Nashville like format, as far as the location and the venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just massive, right? There's just so many people. So many people. Way bigger than Dallas. My theory is that's where COVID started. <laughs> oh, good year before? Or not? I guess no. This it? year. Oh, this In year. February. Yeah. Like this was February month. or January, or whatever, and then COVID started right then. Your theory. Uh, so you don't believe in Wuhan? Bro, I don't know. I looked into... Um, you got into the 5G wave? I looked into all the conspiracies. <laughs> I'm not a big conspiracy person because anytime I ask somebody, like, show me proof, like, their proof is, like, YouTube videos that also, like, show no proof. Yeah. Like, show fucking... Like, show a court document. Show, like, a work order. Like, show me a work order that says, like, 
5G is being installed and, and show me like a study that says like it caused cancer in rats or something like, I just well, feel it's like. Funny. It's funny that like people like, I, 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 years ago I used to be big on conspiracy theories, like everything. Yeah, I, there's still some that hold a lot of truth from that I was following back then. But, but a lot of those things like the government documents and, and all those things that get uncovered, they don't get uncovered until like 20 years later under a FOIA mm-hmm. request. Right. So then you find out like in um, like around 9-11 time, then you find out there was a whole thing called Operation Northwoods that was all about. Yo, I just talked about that on the last. Uh, part. Yeah. Like you find out, OK, back in the 60s, they were they had a framework for this plan that they were going to do this false flag in Cuba or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. The and then JFK was like, yo, fuck this. But he, yeah. he could have been then, like, yeah. And then guess what happens? And then, and then and all of a sudden in, in 2001, you don't believe that they would do something like that. But they had a plan for it years ago. Imagine what they planned for from then to now, right? Like, and tw- ten, 20 years no, later. So when I, when I read Operation Northwoods, which you can Google, like we can go on fucking, yeah. it's on Wikipedia. It's public, it's publicly released. There. When, you, when you saw that, I'm like, okay. 9-11 could have been an inside job because of the fact that they were trying to plan some similar shit in the past. And imagine but, six in the 1960s, they planned this doesn't get executed. Imagine all the variations that happened. Yeah, and then it only came down to JFK being like, no, this is a bad idea. If yeah, he would have been like, this is, yeah, if this would, if he would have been like, Oh, this is a great idea. Then that, that would have happened. And he'd be alive. But do you, <laughs> but do you think that if he would have been like, yeah, let's do this those documents would have still gotten declassified. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have to, I mean, assuming everything, the trajectory of history stayed the same and FOIA requests were mandatory. Like just now they recently said, all right, there's aircraft from other worlds. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Cool. You bury that shit behind COVID. That's a big <laughs> thing. And all these years, people are talking about all these documents that are coming out that you can read about, about potential extraterrestrial beings or life. And uh-huh. it's all- of this whole wrapped around this whole conspiracy theory but they're pulling documents from the 40s and 50s and now they're saying oh we're declassifying something that's more relevant to now imagine what they're still hiding like it just doesn't make sense like you don't go 50 years and not make progress on certain things right yeah um yeah that's exactly like that whole alien shit (laughs) the way they did that was like the funniest thing ever (laughs) like like it was like so like oh this isn't even that big of a deal type thing yeah. it hasn't so, even been like covered i barely i've barely seen shit mainstream about media barely covered it um but they actually at least saw at least they did cover it right but it just gets buried behind political and covid or whatever the hell was going on at that time Bro, I, I always thought the day that like we find out aliens exist like everybody would come together and be like yo this is crazy like like they would it would be like an event like it would be a thing but everybody's too busy talking about fucking Joe Biden and Donald Trump and shit. There was exactly. And there was this whole thing I saw where one of the, uh, I was watching some type of documentary and one of those people that were well, the first people that walked on space, maybe the second guy, I forgot his name. The guy you always forget his name, Buzz, whatever. Right. <laughs> Buzz so, 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 somebody was talking about how when they walked on the moon, there was just a bunch of spacecraft that was just watching them do that. Like a bunch of different like aliens. I think I've heard that before. I don't know how much I believe it, but I mean, realistically, I don't not believe, I I don't believe that we're being told everything. 
And it makes sense not to, right? You go and say all of a sudden, hey, there's other beings, then two, one or two things could happen. Like you said, oh, hey, maybe everyone will come together or everyone will blow the shit out of each other still. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's like a no-win situation there, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but like there's, like there's some conspiracies I feel like could – like the, the, the thing with like the crazy conspiracies is I feel like it takes away from shit that could actually be real. I think they go too far in the deep end. Like, like with Alex Jones, like I followed him a long time ago. I've just seen him going – like the stuff like – I think there's certain things you can make very valid cases of. And even pull from redacted documents and say, all right, what's really behind this? Here are some solid theories. But then you could go off the deep end really fast, right? There's people that like, all right, cool. It makes sense. And then all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, alien species and lizard people and like a million other things. And they're like, wait, we were just talking about 9-11. How did this turn into this? Yeah. Right. And that's where that whole thing takes it. Like that's when that classifies people as crazy conspiracies. Like if you look at a certain thing, you're like, hey, it may make sense that 9-11 was planned. Right. And there was a lot of people that benefited from it. Here's all the facts. And then all of a sudden you dive off and talk about lizard people running the world. Then you're going to lose credibility. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's kind of how I am. Like I just kind of got turned off by all the like crazy shit that yeah. is out there. Yo, have you heard uh, the one about there's like child sex slaves underneath central park in some tunnels or some shit. And like Trump is like secretly, uh, releasing them and like setting them free or whatever like helping them and uh that there's uh he's like the leader of this like anti-sex trafficking ring or some shit like that i have not heard about the sex slaves underneath central park no <laughs> um i know it's a big problem uh it's a huge problem but i've not heard that, that extent I, I do i do definitely believe that the hollywood and the democratic party have way more involvement in child sex trafficking than the public knows and and i think that the media is doing a horrible job in covering what's really going on by putting anti-trump shit all over the place and i'm not saying i'm a huge trump fan because i'm not um but i do think that he's definitely the one that can't be bought out of all the people out there he's the only one that can't be bought by these guys who are you voting for oh uh, well so new york historically votes blue um, of course. so I don't plan on voting. I never vote in New York state. Interesting. Um, so I guess the theory is like, um, so the, the thing about like, uh, the media not covering sex trafficking and stuff like that, like, um, so, you know, Cody near, right? Yeah. So on his, uh, Facebook page, he posted like all these people that have been arrested for sex trafficking uh, either recently or a couple years ago or whatever. And uh, they, he posted like their party affiliation too. Yeah. And uh, I was like, holy shit. Like it was a lot of fucking like political people. And he's like, none of this is being covered in the media. And I, like, of course, like I didn't go fact check anything, but I'm yeah. assuming like what he was saying is, is true, but it was the majority fucking uh dem like there was a majority fucking dems there was a post i saw about that it may have been shared from him or some like somebody shared it wasn't Cody and shared i saw a post where it listed all these people like like you're saying and they the way that the post was written made it sound like it all happened in the past six months but i went and actually googled some of the names and i found that some of it was from 2012 some of it was 2000 yeah yeah that's 
so think the that's how was misleading in that that, that fact. Um, that's being, kind of what I saw too. I didn't look because it was like a hundred names. Maybe. Yeah. I just grabbed a handful. I'm like, All right, let me Google them. Let me see what's going on. And this is shit. a lot of it was old shit. Like, and somebody just packaged it up for a narrative um, to bash Democrats. And I'm fine with that. Well, that's why know. I hate the internet. Yeah, it's like just just but but realistically, it's and it's funny. Like, I've been watching some Candace Owens videos at Candace Owens. You know who Candace Owens is? Um, I've heard of her, but I'm not familiar. I'm I'm really not that into politics. I mean, dude, I don't know why. I, like, I used to be so much, and I stopped paying attention. But I don't know. She says some interesting stuff. Um, come, like, talking about how the history of the Democratic Party, and she's like a Republican. Um, she switched. She flipped, I think. But yeah, I mean, the, the history there has been the most oppressive party for minorities. How so? Uh, just from what I understand, I'm not a political expert, but like, like even like Biden, for example, like Biden's been in office for how long, right? He actually was the one that created the the whole um, the the big the the bills that got a bunch of people in prison on drug charges and things like that, and like the minority neighborhoods that everyone complains about, like going to prison, mm. like the massive population going to prison. That was all on on his bill. Well, they do say Abraham Lincoln was a. Uh... Republican. <laughs> I did not say Abraham Lincoln was Republican. <laughs> was he? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I used to be like, like when Bush was in office, I'm like, yeah, I hate Bush, this and that and that. And there's a lot of other reasons. And one of the things that disappointed yeah, I, I think I guess Republican. the reason why I may, I may sound more Republican or flip, obviously the financial incentive for me not to be Democrat, right? Like they, they, all they want to do is take my money. That's one thing. But I think the thing that really flipped me, and this was super, I think this is important for a lot of people. When Bush came to, when, when 9-11 happened, I think it was a big turning point. I don't want to say, oh, it's because I'm from New York and this and that. I didn't know anybody that, that, that died in 9-11. And I still think it was a government-sponsored uh, whatever, or at least government knowledge. But anyway, Bush passed what's called the Patriot Act, mm-hmm. right? And so the Patriot Act happened. And that really minimized the rights of multiple of your, of like you as a citizen, right? You don't no longer have the rights that you think you're supposed to have, right? Anybody could be labeled an enemy combatant and be indefinitely held and wherever the hell they want. Right. Um, but it did put a lot of things on personal privacy and, and restricted your constitutional rights. I thought me being uh, naive, I thought when Obama got elected, the first thing he's going to do is repeal the Patriot Act because that would be the most common thing that you should do, right? You're supposed supposed to be for the people and this and that. That motherfucker went and used it to its full extent and added more shit and did more. You're talking about like the Edward Snowden shit? Not even that. I'm not even getting into that. I'm just talking about the first thing, if you think that this guy's going to be the savior of the country, right? He's bringing hope, right? The first thing you would do is, hey, let's restore your freedoms, Right. Let's restore the ability of over of government over intervention into your life. No, the exact opposite happened. The exact opposite, right? And then he goes and just does executive orders out the ass, <laughs> right? So like you would think that's that's I think that's really was like oh so it's really at the end of the day, there I, I, like for and you go historically Republican Democrat Republican Democrat historically they're just two faces on the same coin. Mm-hmm. Same thing's happening. I, I think agree. Trump is what threw the wrench into that whole thing. They were like, wait, how the hell is this going to happen? Like, there's no way he could win. And he's just not on that coin is why everyone's scared. And they're like, well, we can't control him. Right. So, 
I, that's why I think that um, either way, the party system. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up like um, more Democrat just because like the uh, the overarching theme in the Hispanic community. Yeah. In the in the lower class Hispanic community is like Democrats help poor people. Yeah, but and, they don't. But if you look at the actual stuff that they do, they don't. But yeah, go ahead. But that's what everyone thinks. They make it think they do, but they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until when we were doing taxes and fucking uh, Affordable Care Act passed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this is complete bullshit. I'm like, yo, you're going to tell me I have to have health insurance or you're going to penalize me financially. Like, yeah. fuck you. And, uh, and then seeing like other people that got, I mean, affordable care act was great. If you like made no money, like you got free health insurance or very, very cheap health insurance. You got health insurance regardless if you made no money. What do you mean? Medi- medic Medicaid. Yeah. Dude, that's always been there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, um, then there's people that like made, I don't know, like fucking $300,000 and had like a couple kids and now they, they have to pay $700 a month. I like just yeah. because, because there's other people that don't have like, cause you're paying for other people too. And like, bro, I've never been to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor since I was like, I don't know, like 15 or something. And you're telling me I have to pay every single month because there's other people that can't get coverage. So I essentially, because I'm healthy now I have to pay for them to go to the doctor. Basically like, the fuck there's, out this, there's this YouTube video I was watching yesterday. Last night, actually, it's funny. Um, it was called like campus reform or something like that. Like some vi- basically what this guy does is he'll go to college campuses. It's all like, like, you know, liberal college students and pro like Bernie Sanders or whatever the, whatever the case is, right. Or AOC or whoever. And he'll go and talk to them about an issue. And, um, the one specifically from yesterday I was watching was he was going to feel that undocumented immigrants should get free schooling, free education. Is it a human right? Everyone's like, yeah, it's a human right. Uh, yeah, they should have access to it. Yes, yes, yes. Do you feel that we should pay for them to have access? Yeah, we have plenty of money. We should be paying for it. But anyway, towards the, the fourth question, which is the final question, was like, great, if you feel that way, here's a collection jar. Uh, will you, will, are you willing to donate so un- undocumented uh, citizens, undocumented uh, immigrants can go to college here because they can't do it right now? Everyone said, no, I don't have money. I don't <laughs> want to pay for that. Somebody else should do it. <laughs> So like, it's funny like that. You should check those videos out because they'll go. It's funny. They went, um, I watched another one where they went to a uh, campus and they were saying, um, um, these are, these, can you believe this is the, what Trump said, right? And they quoted the people that were running in the Democratic primary and said, Trump said it. So Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they're like, yeah, I can't believe he said that, this and that. Yeah, he's a racist. He's this for saying that. And then they tell him, oh, but that actually was Elizabeth Warren that said that. Oh, that was actually Bernie Sanders. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's just perception. Yeah. Like, everyone just is, like, so brainwashed. And they just, like, think certain things. And it's not usually ever the reality. Bro, that's what I, like, it's, that's just, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, people think that, like, you have free will and all this shit. But if, you, if humans really have free will, then how come if you're born in fucking Georgia there's like a 99% chance that you're going to vote for Trump. Like just by default being born there. So you're, that's like obvious that you're not thinking for yourself. Like your environment's thinking for you and the people around you. Yeah. And then another thing I always bring up is like in the tax business, you remember how like the fifth Monday of the year was always like the busiest day. 
Yeah. So if everybody has free will, why do they all get their taxes done on the same day? <laughs> Clearly, we don't have as much like free will as we think. And we don't just like we just don't think for ourselves. That's why like I, I'm I don't have a political party because I'm like I the second I have a political party now, I feel like I have to vote that way. So I'm like I'm a registered Democrat. Hmm? I'm a registered Democrat. Oh really? <laughs> I think how, I registered. Uh, I know I registered in like two thousand, like when I was eighteen years old. Yeah, same. You know, I registered yeah. when I was eighteen, independent. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think I just registered Democrat. Independent garbage vote on election. Vote in primaries. Was that? Oh, uh, you can't vote in in primaries if you're independent. Oh no, yeah, because they're specific for the party, right? The party gets to vote. Yeah, so it's kind of trash. But if you go like. I've seen the, where, uh, so I did this thing where like they remove, you pay like a hundred bucks and they remove like your, your phone number off of like all these sites and shit. Like if you Google right now, your phone number, it'll come up on like all these random websites. Yeah. So I paid to like have all that shit taken down. And then like, I see somewhere like there's a, uh, I was looking for, I was helping someone else with it. And like, there's a, a thing online that has like their political party affiliation online. And yeah. then like, yeah, this is fucked. Like imagine you're applying for a job or something. And then they just Google you and they're like, oh, I'm not going to hire that person because they're a Democrat or Republican or whatever. Well, I think nowadays most people are afraid to hire anybody that's a Trump supporter. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of closet Trump supporters, too, I found. I think that's going to be huge. The closet Trump supporter, that one that doesn't want to say anything because you can't. There's just like the second you say something like that, like the way that the, the, the people are now. It's just like an attack. Like you just, you cannot get a word in. It's just like, you're just getting yelled at. So people are just going to, I think the closet Trump voters are definitely the majority of them. I think that's the, that's the quote unquote silent majority that people talk about. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's, it, it's fucking either way. Like I typically just don't talk about politics with yeah. most people. Cause I'm just yeah. like, this is not going to be rational. Like <laughs> it's never, it's never. It's never rational. It gets too heated. People take it too personally. Like, first of all, like either which way, the president does not necessarily determine your success or lack thereof in yeah. in um in society, right? That's really up to you, right? The president may just determine uh, how much of that you have to give back to the government, right? Like at the end of the day, but they're really gonna have very minimal impact on your day to day life. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why I'm I'm just like I choose to just fucking focus on my life and making change in my life through my own effort rather than relying on some motherfucker to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well who are you voting for? Oh I just moved to Colorado so I'm not I'm not even registered here yet. Um Colorado's very uh democratic. Um, is it? I've seen, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm pretty sure like 100 percent of the time. Really? I lived in uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was a swing state. I don't know what Florida is. I'm pretty sure Florida is Republican as fuck. I never really saw like a Joe Biden for president flag until I moved to Colorado. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm a man. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> But see, I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I don't know how I feel about career politicians, like, at all. Like, it's just, I think, I think it's, it's been 
And the, the problem is with like all these career politicians, like they ha- they're the ones that have to vote on limiting their own terms and that's never going to happen. Yeah. As of right now, I'd probably vote for Trump. Um, unless I see something that massively sways me and, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, like there's a lot of things that I disagree, but there's a lot of things I'm like, uh, I think you did that right. But my thought process is always like, yo, you don't fucking know anything about what the president's day-to-day like is, life is like. Like you don't know when, when a president makes a decision, you're looking at the decision. You're not looking at all the information that they have or had to make that decision. So I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't really fucking know shit. Like, I don't know who's better equipped to vote for the country. And I don't think anyone else does either, but everybody loves to fucking act like they do (laughs) act like they're, they're super smart and they, they would have made the right decision. And especially like with the whole COVID thing, hindsight's 2020, like everybody's like, Oh, the, everybody thinks they know like the right thing that should have been done now. Well, it's funny with the whole COVID thing. Cause Trump, Trump, uh, instituted a travel ban on China. Like Chinese people couldn't fly to the U S back in the end of January. And then all the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi called them a racist. And Nancy Pelosi had a parade in Chinatown in the end of February as this whole thing's picking up saying it's safe. Come out to Chinatown. <laughs> like, and then the hypocrisy later on, they go blame him. Well, cause he didn't do enough, but they were the ones blocking him from doing everything he wanted to do. But anyway, I mean, I'm sure arguments can be made on the other side too. I've noticed a lot of just like misleading tactics. Like yeah. when, uh, during the election, the first, the last one, it was like Hillary versus Trump. They're doing the debates. And then she's trying to like platform one of her platforms, was like Trump doesn't pay taxes. And, and he like, you know, he's just like this rich, greedy dude. And I'm like, bitch, you don't pay taxes either. Like, I guarantee if you show your tax return, it's going to show the same thing because you're both going to take advantage of the same laws to pay less taxes. Yeah. But she's, she's like campaigning on the fact that like Trump's doing something illegal. And I'm like, I know like you're rich as fuck. I know that, you know, that what he's doing to not to pay less taxes is not illegal because you're doing the same shit, but you're trying to paint this picture as if like, he's the only one doing it and it's illegal and all this shit. And that's when I'm like, yo, the average, like she at that point I was like, yo, politicians are just insulting the intelligence of the average person. Cause they know the average person is not going to understand taxes enough to yeah. realize that. And then that, that, that very moment, when I realized that at that moment, that's when I was like, yo, I'm not going to participate in, in politics anymore yeah. because other than having like this one hour discussion on my podcast, <laughs> um, it's like, I'm not going to participate in the shit board because everybody's just trying to mislead you all the fucking time. All the time. Why am I going to give my attention to somebody who's just constantly trying to fucking make me believe some shit that fits their narrative. It's just so funny. Cause like, like you'll, if you go and take the time to watch like Trump speak, right. And you watch the whole thing and then you, you make your, your, your opinions on based on how you felt it was. Then you go turn on certain channels and they're like, Oh, he said this. And it's just like a whole misconstrued thing. Yeah. And, and that happens on all sides. It's just, it's just like, I think it's a lot of media hype. Uh, and then granted, you're going to your point on Hillary. I guarantee you she would not have donated her whole $400,000 salary <laughs> single year. <laughs> like she wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. It's all bullshit. Fucked it. I don't know. But uh, if man- mandatory vaccines hit, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't know if it'll, I mean, that's definitely the, the way they want to go. Then, then there'll be the next uh, mandatory microchip implants 
and then the mandatory this. And then yeah. No, find I'm something. Where are you going? Panama, Costa Rica? You're just going to hide out? Stay um, in the time zone so you can stay productive? In, uh, in Panama, you can get a citizenship for if you bring 300000 into the country and you just put it in a bank account there, you get citizenship. And uh, is, I was watching uh, Patrick David, the value taming guy. Yeah, he was yeah, talking yeah. about it there. He's like, they have like the lowest unemployment. There's like the, they have like a really nice like real estate market. Like it's a, a pretty developed place. It's a nice place. So um, I watch value taming a lot. Like he just, they just set up a new podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Their podcast has been popping off. That shit is yeah. so good. Yeah. I've been watching. I've been watching. I watched every episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I've just been watching the clips and shit. Yeah, um, that's a separate channel. So like, I'll go and watch it like in the morning, like before I get started at work. If they have an episode, I'll watch it. Yeah, so I um, I would either go there or, I mean, I can't really, like, I could probably get Dominican Republic citizenship, but like, I don't want that. <laughs> what are you um, gonna do over there? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, like, there's a lot of places where you can just. But stay. What you could do, you go to Panama, you go to DR, and set up your VAs from DR, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I could go uh so I don't know there's a lot of places where even if you don't have citizenship you can get uh re- permanent resident status for not it's not that difficult or I'll just fucking nomad and just like get like three since the rents and ship are, ch- are cheap as fuck for what I'm paying here I could probably get three places year round in three different cities and then just kind of bounce between them yeah and always have your spot have a computer in each one yeah exactly and then uh, fucking get registered in Panama or whatever and pay like 10% tax and then chill the fuck out. Well, you have to renounce your U.S. citizenship to not pay U.S. taxes. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, if you renounce it, you'll never be able to come back. Yeah, that, that part kind of – I mean, you can come back. You just can't fucking, like, live here. I don't know if they'll even let you travel back. Really? Uh, I don't know, man. Government's spiteful. That's kind of fucked. Let me you, could sneak, you could sneak over the border, though. <laughs> Can you travel? Are you Googling it? Yeah. Although you may still enter the U.S. if you renounce your citizenship, you'll likely need to get a visa. In fact, most people who renounce this, their American citizenship can return to the U.S. rather easily. It says that's, that's one of the myths about renouncing your citizenship. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I would probably do the travel thing for a while and then see how if no tax state move back to Florida or Texas and that way you don't have to pay state income tax and you just got to figure out how to structure your corpse. So you don't pay. So you minimize everything else. Yeah. I mean, uh, who, what, uh, I mean, all the, all the cruise line companies are registered in Panama are they in Panama or in the, somewhere else in the Bahamas? Nah, it's a, I, I, I found out because um, there's a show on, on Netflix called Patriot Act, and they have uh, one. They actually just canceled it, but there's one on um, – every episode's a different thing. I think I've about, seen that episode, yeah. Yeah, it's about cruises, and they, they say that uh, – so once you – like they were saying how like sexual assaults and uh, mostly every crime on cruise ships go unreported because once you get out past like um, – Past like four miles, up to four miles is like the local police's job. Um, four to like 12 miles is like the FBI. And then after 12 miles, you're in international waters. And because the cruise ships are registered in Panama, um, if somebody were to like assault you at sea, 
it's up to the Panamanian government to like persecute that person and they prosecute, don't give a fuck. not persecute, yeah, persecute, prosecute, <laughs> so, uh, prosecute, and they don't give a fuck. So basically, they were saying like, um, if you get sexually assaulted or whatever on a cruise, you're uh, even like murder and stuff like that. Um, you're out of luck. You're pretty fucked. Yeah. So um, that's when they said that like, oh, most cruise ships are, are registered in Panama for tax purposes or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Did you see that thing, uh, that documentary about the Panama, was it called the Panama Papers? Ah, I've heard of it. Panama Papers? Yeah, I think it's called Panama Papers. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty interesting. You probably, you probably enjoy that one. Let me see. The Panama Papers, yep. Oh, rogue offshore finance industry. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, this sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah, check it out. I watched that shit like a year ago, I think. Or- 11.5 million leaked documents that detail financial and attorney client information for more than 214,000 offshore entities. Yeah. So it was basically like people like registering and doing like shady offshore, offshore shit and then it leaked. Yep. Yep. It says John Doe was the whistleblower who leaked the documents to German journalists. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yo, what do you think about um they said that uh so I heard that uh Warren Buffett bought like five hundred million dollars worth of gold, but I then I, I asked um my friend REA about it and he said that it was actually a gold mining company. So people are saying that he uh, he sold all his airline stocks and shit, and that he and then he bought gold, uh, but he actually bought at least from what I understand a gold mining company. So really? the the like conspiracy was that like the U.S. dollar is going to collapse because Warren Buffett just bought gold and he's never bought gold in his life before. And <laughs> he bought a gold mining company, not gold. Yeah, and then he uh, he offloaded his U.S. stocks and like Wells Fargo stock and shit like that. Well, cash out because he's, he's gonna catch up for with inflation. Yeah, so uh, when they're printing money now, man. So I, I haven't verified that he bought the mining company, but um, the person that I uh, the person that I um, that told me this was a uh, he's like a finance dude, so I, I trust his opinion. Um, so somebody. So somebody just tagged me in a post on Facebook and we have this, uh, we have, this. so I had Josh 40 on the podcast and the first thing I said was like, Trump hates black, black people prove me wrong. And it was like a joke. And then, uh, my email copywriter, she like listens to the podcast and then she takes conversations from the podcast and like turns them into emails so, so, uh, one of hers was, uh, the headline was, does Trump hate black people? And then, uh, somebody screenshotted it literally right now. Like they just posted nine minutes ago and said, how many other marketers are using tactics like this? Is this something new? One of the gurus are teaching. Am I just reading too far into this because our country is headed for another civil war seems to be incredibly poor choice of tactic and timing, but what do I know? And the funny thing is like, this person thinks that there's all this like thought behind it when in reality like we just put out stuff and see what happens. Um, and then the first comment is what a dick. 
this isn't the first time he's done some ridiculous clickbait title in his emails. I unsubbed from all his stuff a while ago because he's such an asshole. And then, um, this dude said, I've tried, but he clings to me like a herp. And then, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the way I saw this is because uh, Joseph Lazukin, uh, he just tagged me in this. And then, <laughs> he's like, I think it's time I put you in the trunk of the Ferrari and you pay for tacos. Um, cause one time in at FHL, I put him in the truck, in the trunk of my Corvette and we drove like 30 minutes, uh, but, um, well, yep. you rode in the trunk of my car in FHL, my rent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Cause, uh, you know, people are, people are so fucking mad. Like most people, um, it's criminal that he has an agency and he's teaching others how to do that shit. Um, it's funny that like people get so fucking mad at just someone else living their life that has literally no effect. Like that, that guy literally could have just unsubscribed from my fucking email list, moved along with his life. And it's never people that I've noticed. Like one time somebody posted a post about me in a group. We do like cold outreach and shit on like Facebook. So they like screenshotted one of our messages and then they started a thread in, in like, uh, I can't remember. I think it was like the click funnels group or something about like, Oh, um, uh, why is this guy like spamming me and shit like that? And then the post had gotten like 200 comments and then people are going back and forth, like talking about like, does this work? Does this actually not work? Um, people are like tagging me, like get my take on it. So I like, don't do anything. Like I just watch for like a day or so. Yeah. And then, um, a day goes by and the shit's up to like 300 comments. And then <laughs> I just drop a screenshot. I, I, I post LOL. And then I drop a screenshot of us making like $10,000 that day, like the day everybody's fucking talking about me. And I'm like, well, I think it's working. And I'm like, yo, you guys are spending all this fucking time. And I guarantee none of you guys are successful because if you were, you'd be busy running your own fucking business rather than talking about me. It's just, it's just funny. And that's one of the part of it is like one of the reasons why I just stay the fuck off social media for the most part anyways. And I have this, uh, I have this like timer on my phone that won't let me go on social media at all. Like it'll block it until a certain time every day. <laughs> and um, that's why you never answer me. Yeah, I just, I typically no, I, I don't answer you because you fucking call me through Facebook Messenger all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's twenty twenty. I have a phone number. I've had your phone number. <laughs> I typically mainly I I only pay attention to Slack. That's the only notification. Actually, not even the only notification on my phone is Boxer. And then everything else is set to silent. Okay, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, like uh, I I don't know, like every day I see like I'll I'll glance Facebook and it's just like, hey, find out how I made $10,000 a month when they made it one time and they try and sell their whole program on the rags to riches. $10,000 is not a lot of money. Um, I remember when I thought ten thousand dollars was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's one night at a at a, at a really well renowned club there, uh, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like I'll see, like I'm just like I'm I'm over it. Like I don't, I, I I'll, I'll glance and I'll see what's going on, but like I'll just see people arguing about the dumbest shit, complaining about the dumbest shit, trying to sell the dumbest shit. I yeah. just focus on what we focus on, and that's why I'm I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna. Pay, like if you spent if if going on social media 
trigger negative emotions to where you get mad at other people, then you really need to just spend fucking time worrying about yourself. And yeah. that's what I've been like. I started to go on social media and I'm like, yo, what, like, what the fuck are you people even talking about? And the funny thing is like, I know that most of the shit you guys say on social media, you would never say to the person's face in person. And I've seen people who've like talked shit about me and then I meet them at an event or something. And I like, I'm really bad at recognizing people from the internet. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh, JR, what's up? I, I love all your stuff. I've been following you for a while now. And then they'll tell me their name and I'll go like search who they are just to see like who the fuck they are. And I'll, I'll typically like search my messages just to see like, have I talked to them in the past? I'll like yeah. search their name, and my name and see like what posts we have in common. And it was somebody who was like talking shit in the past. And I'm like, yo, that's really fucking funny that the internet has really given people like this, like barrier to be who they actually want to be rather than who they yeah. are. <laughs> it's the biggest bullshit ever. <laughs> Anyways, back to, back to, back to the regular scheduled program. What were we talking about? I don't know. Um, yeah. So what's your ad strategy? Like <laughs> what's my, what your ad strategy? Um, so for our inbound for like uh, what we're about to do. Yeah. Um, so we're actually this year we're going to do, we're going to try and be a bit more strategic with our spend on the marketing on the OC the marketing program. Cause we have, we're pushing out uh tax nitros with a SAS G- G- GHL. Um, we're pushing that out as a SAS direct to consumer. Uh, we have tax software that we're selling. We have separate ads going for that. And then the marketing program, which will tie into all those two. Like we're going to take leads from there and push them out to everywhere else for the other sales teams. But our strategy is going to actually be a lot more retargeting because once they hit our page, right? Like we had so much traffic. We just kept spending more and more money on front end lead ads when we had so much data pixeled that at a certain point, it just may, it would probably just make more sense to just run like conversion or, or lead ads to a retargeted audience. Mm. Right? Cause it's the same people. I thought about doing that. Yeah. So we're definitely going to go that route this year. Um, I'll make a bunch more video. I mean, I have a bunch of videos from last year we'll use, we just got more testimonials. Just got one a little bit ago before this call. Um, yeah. So we're just going to rock and roll. Our retention has been pretty good. I think we'll have about 50, 50% retention. Well, you know, we're starting off the program at about a hundred and change 170. How big is your team right now? What? How many people uh, are on your team right now? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, fuck. Oh, do you do any? Do you do any content? Like what? Like uh, I don't know, YouTube, Instagram. No. Podcast. No, I was thinking about starting a podcast, kind of like this. We're just shooting the shit. I think you, I think you should. It's helped. Um, I've noticed that at least I think you should at least do a blog and then just post like your client interviews and shit like that. That's helped us a lot. Um, podcast helps. Cause I noticed like somebody who listens to our podcast, like uh, if they're thinking about buying and then they like go check out our podcast or whatever, they typically buy. Yeah. Um, and then I don't do, I don't do anything that requires me to do it like every day anymore. Like I don't do fucking Instagram stories. I don't do like YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I don't do Facebook lives. I think all that shit was dumb. Not that it's dumb. Like I'm sure we'd make more money if we did it, but 
it's just a pain in the ass. So I, that's why I just started the podcast. So like, I can just come on here, talk my shit. And then uh, the rest is just the, um, the blog, just interviewing clients and then like adding, getting testimonials, adding review page, adding to our review page, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That could make sense. Like, I don't know. The podcast thing was just going to be like a side thing of just like me talking about random stuff. Yeah. That's kind of how mine is. Like I just talk about whatever I want. There's no format. Some yeah. of the episodes are like super formal. Some of them are just like not. Some of them are, most of them are just like me talking into the mic. Like, yo, here's what we're doing today. Here's what I'm trying. Here's like this lesson I learned, like just random stuff like that. They're typically like the ones with just me are like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and uh, every now and then I do an interview. I used to do the, the interview ones every week, but um, I just didn't want to do an interview every week. So now I just do them like whenever. And then we just post them whenever. And we try to post like two to three times a week on the podcast. Nice. But um, it's definitely, so I, I make all my content for people who already know who I am. And yeah. then the rest is just for, uh, the rest is just for like, it's just for people who are in our funnel already. It's not really to like attract new people. Yeah. So I think it works that way, but I just hated fucking doing, remember when I used to do Facebook live every day? No. <laughs> Should I remember that? Was it that memorable? Um, uh, I mean, I, I think you used to jump on a couple of them. Maybe. Yeah. I used to do the weekly Facebook lives, all that stuff, but I don't really have anything to sell to like agency owners or, or anything like that. So our stuff's very specific. Right. I remember when I was like, Oh, do, when we're doing this interview, we're setting it up. Like, do I have to have something to sell to people? Cause I don't really want to put together <laughs> something to have to sell. Nah. I really don't want to deal with, uh, no offense, but I don't really want to deal with agency owners right now. <laughs> I think that uh, one the, the biggest mistake I used to make was just, I was just doing too much shit. Like I had a new product all the time, a new launch all the time. Like it was just try, it was terrible. It was really annoying. And um, I've gotten way further by just doing, like focusing on a couple things and doing them really well. And then yeah. let everything else just go yeah right now our focus is just launching this 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 tax program again getting a bunch of the clients back that's been my work this week is talking to prior clients and getting them re-signed up um selling tax software um the other program now we just have the sales the sales rep i'm not on any sales we actually i still have to do a couple of them for a specific partnership we have um and then i gotta launch sometime here in the next couple of months maybe early next year i gotta launch my wife's course so, oh yeah i remember you telling me about that Yo, I got a Facebook ad. Either me or Melissa got a Facebook ad for that the other day. For what? Um, it was like make those fuck. It was either buy. I can't remember what it was. It was those fucking balloons. Like, yeah. but it wasn't. I can't remember if it was like learn how to make them or it was just like buy some. I'm, I think it was just buy some. And then I was like, yo, that's great. I was like, yo, Facebook's definitely listening because we were just talking about this shit. Yeah. So she, uh, like, we've been doing. Uh, there's like she's trying to work she does these workshops online well she'll like just do instagram live so i'm like i was like this is what i told her I'm like just go on on instagram live and do a seven day ch- i'll do a challenge do, i told her to do like a 30-day challenge she ended up doing a seven-day challenge it actually worked out better do a seven-day challenge show a project a day for an hour on instagram and then in that you sell your workshop which is two weeks out to for people to sign up and pay like 100 150 bucks for like whatever so this past weekend she did one she had like 60 people on it she made like six or seven grand 
just off a Zoom That's thing. Because right. we, we have that whole thing set, like the whole living room. Like, you remember where the couch was in the living room? Mm-hmm. That's all where the dining room was. The whole living room is her studio. So we have, like, set up, like, three cameras, like, three different angles, um, just streaming into uh, – I gave her my old build, my old PC. I put it out there, and I built a new one. Um, and so, yeah, so she's running her thing there, like um, – just selling the workshops and I'm like, well, we have to sell a course, right? So she's got to sell a course very soon. Um, probably at a 497 price point. I don't think you get too much more out of the Hispanic market in mass. Right. Crazy. And then maybe after that, she'll get the confidence to sell a 2000, $3,000 product, but. Are you running that. ads for that or no? No, right now. All, like, so I did. I, that's how we got her a bunch of business. I ran ads for her. Like off for- like for everything, for her in-person courses and her uh, actual business. Yeah, but, I uh, still don't understand. Like, I still don't get it. Like, I don't understand why people want to make balloons. <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so now people are paying her to learn how to do it. And um, online, like the second COVID happened, like, just do it online. Here's a Zoom, right? We'll set up the camera system. Easy done, right? Go on Instagram live. She'll get like 200 people on when she goes Instagram live. I think she's doing one. She probably just did one to, to do some affiliate thing she's doing. Um, and then she'll get them to sign up. She'll get like 60 people to sign up and pay like 100, 150 bucks a pop. Oh, that's so crazy. It's <laughs> just like a thing. And then guess what? Then the recordings, the recordings come out better quality because, you know, Zoom quality is shit. So the recordings come out better quality. And then here's something that I was like, wait, I was like, you're really going to do that? So, you know, when people say, hey, you come to this event and you get, um, you get access to the, video re- the replay for life, mm-hmm. right? She gives them access for 10 days and cuts it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? And people do it. People are like, yeah. I'm like, oh, imagine when we come to the, everyone seems to do that in that space. Imagine when we go to the market with the, a 497 course that's going to have all these things in it and they can have it for life. Yeah. And then the next step will be, cool. She's got the audience. She's got the community at this point. Next up will be $47 a month membership. And you'll get like two group zoom calls a month, some additional videos, like whatever group coaching, right? Make that recurring. What's the, what is the, what's the balloon shit called? Oh, uh, her, her Instagram page. No. Like what's the, what's like making those balloons. What is that called? Oh, balloon decoration. Her Instagram page is art underscore balloons, underscore decorations. Art underscore balloon. Oh, with an S. Balloons. Yeah, and underscore decorations with an S. Uh, hold on. I'm pulling this shit up. Yo, she has 30,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> fucking balloons. Dude, she, you know what she had before COVID? What? Like three or 4,000. Yo, I don't understand this at all. And most of them are people that are want like want to learn how to do it. But she gets a ton of business from there. But still, like like all of it's been organic. I was like, once she started posting every single day and like just just doing like those lives, she starts getting like two hundred, three hundred followers a day. Yeah, what and the- like they're not like fake ones, right? Like like when you remember when you ran your little Instagram ads and you had all these fake things going on. <laughs> they're like real they're actually real yo this is crazy so like for like there's one right here it's like a picture it's like these uh crowns and shit it's like all these balloons and then these crowns at the top 
does she actually make the crown balloons like with the designs oh. on them? Well, so like the the one on the bottom left of my daughter that's scared of you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see that one. So yeah, like that, yeah, like that, like the design that, on the the actual name on the on the crown. She'll put that on there. No, not just that. Like the design. Well, those come pre done. The shape of the crown and shit the like shape that. Of the, that. That one was already pre done. Like you buy that, but you see the flower thing underneath it. Mm-hmm. That's that's made using like one balloon, like folded up and done all this crazy shit with it. And then all the wrappings around the big like L letter, that's all done manually. And all the little flowers on the bottom is all done manually. All the writing on it is all is put on after the fact. Yo, this is crazy. Where does she take all these pictures at? That's in the living room. Oh, really? Yeah, that's gone. It's completely different, right? <laughs> Yo, it looks like she's in like a party hall or some shit. No, that's our, that's the living room that you've slept in. <laughs> Where the TV was, that's that wall. The TV's moved. Yo, you can literally make money doing everything, anything. It was just like, all right, well, you need the space, right? So um, we just moved everything out of there. Yeah, that's crazy. That's why I need more space in Texas, right? That's why I'm going to Texas too. Like, all right, cool. I need my office that's bigger. The kids need actual like space. And then my wife needs space to record her stuff and sell her shit, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's fucking nuts. Uh, yo, I got a guy trying to get me a Wikipedia page. For what? I'm trying to get a uh, Facebook page verified so that I can stop getting fucking my ad account shut down. Apparently, I don't know if it's true. I heard, I don't know. Peng Jun says that if you get, I'm willing to try it. He's like, if you get verified on your Facebook page, he, he said uh, it pretty much guarantees your ad account won't get banned anymore. Really? Yeah, I don't know if it's true, but um, it looks like my. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if we'll see if we can get it uh, on, like going. Um, if it does, I'll tell you. I've done a lot of shit to try to get this like to happen. If it happens, if if we get it, I'll tell you exactly what we did. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll go but, do that uh, for one of our brands. It's fucking expensive, dude. Like, really? I'm probably Wikipedia pages were free. If it even works, no, 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 not the Wikipedia page. The verification shit. Oh, I get all this media and all this bullshit. It's, it's probably, I'm probably like 7k into this shit at this point. But, um, we'll see if I get it, I'll tell you the process of getting the verification. I think the Wikipedia page just, uh, helps. I'm trying to uh, talk to the guy right now. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm about to go to the gym and All right, man. fucking enjoy the rest of my day. Talk cool. to you soon. Come visit. Yeah. Come to Houston when I move there. All right. That's an easy flight from Denver. <laughs> A quick flight. A quick flight. All right, man. All right. Talk okay. soon. Peace. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, and I'd be forever grateful if you left us a five-star review on the app you're listening on so we can help more people. And if you want more content like this, then click that subscribe button now. And until next time, my friends, stay leveraged.